Welcome to 24-Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Aim. Al. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I am good. So I have a very fun one for us. You're going to like this episode. But for a hot second, I had thought I had royally missed a big, huge thing in my last episode, Secret Societies Part 2. Yeah. So I'm editing, and I hear this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Allison, can you not put two and two together? But I double-checked, and I didn't get anything wrong, thankfully. What are you talking about? So we talked about how there was a gentleman named Al Pinkerton who is a member of the Odd Fellows, right? Yeah, we love the Odd Fellows. Right. Then later in the episode, we talk about how the Pinkerton Agency helped investigate the Molly Maguires. Yes, and I want to do a PI as a topic. Are we doing private investigators? We are. <gasps> but what I thought I missed was Al Pinkerton of the Odd Fellows, the Pinkerton Agency investigating the Molly Maguires. And I was like, are we is, so dumb that we didn't put these two together? Is that what happened? No. Um, Thankfully, it was close. Was it like an era where there were a lot of Pinkertons floating around? I guess. So the Al Pinkerton from the Odd Fellows was Alfred Pinkerton, former president of the Massachusetts Senate. Alan Pinkerton owned and ran the Pinkerton Detective Agency. And tonight, we are going to talk about Alan and just private investigators in general. I love this. I'm so here for it. Also, get it, Al. Al. Alan? Yeah, Alan Pinkerton. I'm just going to call him Al. Because I call you Al, and now we're going to reference him as Al. Could get complicated. Well, when I'm speaking of Al, I mean Al Pinkerton. I'm not talking about me. Good. So we're not going to be doing any third-party narration today. Not today. Excited that we didn't miss this big, huge thing, because I was, when I was doing this, preparing for this episode, I was ready to come on with like a big, huge, apparently we don't pay attention to what we say, apology. Can you imagine that in the 75th hour or the 100th hour? Are we on the 75th hour? No, 75th will be next. Yeah. That would have been quite a revelation. Yeah. Okay, so I have a lot for us, so let's get started. I'll try and keep it moving so we can get through everything and I don't have to cut too much out. Ready. So we'll start at the beginning. What are private investigators and what do they do? They wear trench coats and the and the hats. All right, next. Just kidding. A private investigator, a PI or a private eye, all common names for them, is a person who can be hired by individuals, groups and non-governmental organizations to undertake investigatory, investigatory law? Investigatory? Investigatory law? Often this is done for attorneys in civil and criminal cases. They might also work as insurance investigators, investigate suspicious behavior of a spouse or partner, and some even do due diligence for investment groups to make sure they're not becoming victims of fraud. Nice. Yeah. Many are also involved in delivering summons, subpoenas, and other legal documents. I did not know that PIs did all this stuff. I literally only had, you know, the following a suspicious person picture in my head. 
I mean, I guess some of this makes sense, though, right? Like, if you're going to have someone tail someone, you might as well have them deliver the important documents and follow all of these different things. I guess the ones that I think of most often are the, like, cartoon versions, which I've clearly described, or the ones where you catch your spouse cheating and they give you, like, the weird yellow envelope and there's the pictures in it. So it's quite a range you've described that is outside of that. Right. They do so many more things that I realized. And an interesting thing I found that some PIs specialize in is tracing. So for example, if you are owed money, they might track the person who owes you money and trace all their stuff to help you get your money or even trace them down, find them, you know, if they've tried to skip out of town on you or something. There are also firms that specialize in technical surveillance and countermeasures, which looks for unwanted forms of electronic surveillance. So this... When people put tracking tags in your car? In your car, or another example given in the article I read was some people might try to bug conference rooms of big corporations to listen to, you know, their private meetings or something. A large corporation might hire a PI firm to come in every once in a while and check out the building. Some PI firms are used to fight terrorism, fight drug trafficking, sex trafficking. A larger corporation might also employ a PI to keep an eye on internal matters like employee misconduct or workman's comp fraud. Wow. And, you know, in several of these situations, the PI might be undercover in the corporation, so you don't know who it is. I feel like PIs should be a much bigger industry then. Or maybe they are and they're just real good at laying low. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it sounds like I was, like I said, amazed at how many different things they do or different types of PIs there are. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's a very big industry. How can we become a PI in the United States? So this was actually interesting to me because you would think, I don't know, I guess it'd be a little more standardized, but it's really not. Licensing varies from state to state. Some states don't require a license. Some cities or states require a business-type license. Several states require years of experience and licensing-related tracking classes and testing. In many states, companies offering investigation services must hold an agency license, and then each individual investigator must hold a license or a registration. And there are also a few states that cooperate and allow investigators to work in multiple states without needing separate licenses. I find that fascinating because I also feel like it would have been more regulated because what's to stop someone who's mediocre at this from saying like, I'm going to find you all these things and then not delivering on that. I mean, I'm sure there's contractual ways of navigating that. I also think then all of these women who are just straight up FBI agents on social media should definitely become PIs because clearly there's a market for it and you already got the skills. So might as well just jump right in. Exactly. Tracing experts right there. Yeah, I was just surprised that I figured that you'd have to have some sort of license to say, yes, this person is equipped to do this. Right, right. All right, before we get to Alan, Al Pinkerton, let's quickly review the history of private investigators. And I would like to give a shout out to privateyes.com. They had a great history write-up. I love that. The first known private investigation agency was founded in 1833 by Eugene Francois Vidocq. That was very good. Thank you. I was practicing and saying it. So he's a French soldier. So this is in France. Hi, France. He was also a privateer and a criminal. Dun, dun, dun. A privateer? Is that like a mouseketeer, but he does it by himself? I meant to look up what that word meant and I forgot, so... 
75th Good thing hour. we have an episode for that. Yeah. It's a great word. I don't know what it means, so I guess I shouldn't put all my eggs in that basket, but... Sounds fun. Or maybe not, because he's also... Well, he's a soldier, a privateer, and a criminal, so it could really go both ways. Yeah. But anyway, the agency was called the Office of Intelligence. It was staffed by men of similarly questionable backgrounds. Hmm. Other privateers. Other privateers. Mm -hmm. Eugene introduced record-keeping, criminology, and ballistics to the field of criminal investigation. Wow. So that was really cool. And fun fact, he pioneered the practice of creating plaster casts to show footprints and is the inventor of indelible ink and unalterable bond paper. Oh my gosh, he's legit. He's He did an amazing job for the industry. Also, we need to take one side step because I was too curious. So a privateer is a French word that was used in Germany and some other countries as a title by members of bourgeoisie families of substantial financial means in lieu of another professional title. So he was just rich. He was a soldier, and he was rich, and he was a criminal. And he was a criminal. Okay, then. So the private investigation industry came into existence as a response to a specific need for help in situations where official law enforcement were either ill-equipped or wouldn't help. Yeah, because he apparently has all the tricks up his sleeve. He does. So while Eugene's over here in France doing his thing, over in the United States, a man by the name of Alan Pinkerton was making a name for himself as a criminal detective. That's funny that that's happening at the same time. Yeah. So Alan Al Pinkerton was born in 1819 in Scotland and left school at the age of 10 when his father passed. He was largely self-educated and was a cooper by trade. Do you know what a cooper is? I do not know what a cooper is. This one I did look up. They make wooden casks, barrels, things like that. Like for alcohol? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you can use barrels for you know other things, but yeah. I'm sure he made some alcohol barrels. So Al and his wife moved to the United States in 1843 to Dundee Township, Illinois, and started a cooperage. Oh. So they had their own little shop to make all their little casks and barrels. Nice. And fun fact, Al worked with Chicago abolitionist leaders, and his home was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Al, get it. Right? So Al's first taste of private investigation work was while he was in the woods looking for trees to make his barrels, he came across a band of counterfeiters. So he, and this is me adding some flavor to the story. I'm ready. So he sat there and observed their movements for some time and then went and informed the local sheriff who in turn arrested them. (gasps) So that was his first little taste. He kind of watched and waited and I was like, okay. Let's go get the sheriff. Can we both agree that, like, the mental image of this is, like, bandits with the black little masks on that have the cutout holes for eyes, and they're, like, in the woods uh, scheming about money, and then Al's coming in in his trench coat and his fedora to save the day? Or is that not what you picture in this scenario? I mean, I picture Al, I I don't picture him, like, in a fedora. I guess I picture him more in, like, a heavy coat and boots, because he's out in the woods, he's got his axe with him, he's looking for trees to make his barrels, and he hears voices off in the distance a little bit, so he kind of stays back a little bit behind the trees, and there's this band of counterfeiters sitting around like a fire right in the middle of the woods talking about all their counterfeiting i like this i like this so mine's like a 1920s silent film and yours is like actuality got it 
Yeah, so then in 1849, he was appointed as the first police detective in Chicago, Cook County, Illinois. Wow. And then in 1850, he partnered with a Chicago attorney named Edward Rucker in forming the Northwestern Police Agency, which later became Pinkerton and Co., which later became Pinkerton National Detective Agency. National Detective Agency. Yeah. So they had agencies in different countries. A lot of what I'm going to talk about focuses just on the American branch. Sure. Because remember, he's originally from Scotland. So, so this man is out in the woods getting wood for his barrels and then starts an international company on accident. I know that I understand the company wasn't on accident, but like, he yeah. stumbled upon a new career while outst getting hit, whilst outst, well, anyway, while getting wood. Yes. Yeah, basically. Talk about opportunity. But a fun fact, and I'll go into this in a little more detail later, but Pinkerton Consulting is still an existing business. Nice. Go Al. Yeah. For a second, I was like, oh, yeah, go me. And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> other Al. Other Al. Other we Al. already established this. And Amy, I put this in just for you because I know you'll appreciate this detail. The agency's logo was a wide open eye with the caption, we never sleep. Aww. An eyeball. An eyeball. A wide open eyeball. An open eyeball. We never sleep. I like that. Thank you for including that. That actually does make me very happy. During the Civil War, Al became the head of the Union Intelligence Service, which would later become the United States Secret Service, and he managed to foil an assassination attempt plot targeting Abraham Lincoln. Oh, poor Abraham Lincoln. He just had people come in every which way. I know, I know. But good job, Al. And then he would, after this, later become one of Abraham Lincoln's like private bodyguards. Okay, so to recap, he accidentally becomes a PI. He becomes a detective. He then works for the government and essentially establishes the Secret Service. Then he creates a national and international organization, which is still in existence today. I feel like Al stumbled into some pretty solid luck. Al? I mean... Al's just making a name for I'm himself. I'm sure he crushed he it. I just think, what a series of events. Yeah, he, he crushed it, that's for sure. So, his greatest defeat, right, because it can't all be sunshine and rainbows, mm. was he was unable to capture outlaw Jesse James. He was hired by, I forget, it was one of the railroad agencies hired him to try and stop Jesse James. They couldn't catch him, so then the railroad eventually stopped funding him, so he was privately funding this ongoing search for Jesse James and only stopped because one of his agents was killed, and then he was like, okay, that's enough. Oh, my goodness. So are we going to do our next episode on Jesse James? I mean, we could. We could. We could add to the list. Al Pinkerton. One long chain. Greatest rival. Uh, yeah. Al died in Chicago in 1884. It's weird because there are various accounts of how he died, hmm. but so, from some sort of illness. One article said gangrene, one said a stroke, one said malaria. Interesting. So it's unclear, but of some sort of illness. The irony of the fact that we're not sure how the guy who was finding all the details died. Is a little much, yeah. but anyway. And this is another fun fact. At the time of his death, he was working on a system to centralize all criminal investigation records, a database which is now maintained by the FBI. Freaking Al Pinkerton. <laughs> I know. That is unstoppable. I like it. 
Yes, and probably this will not be a surprise to you. He is a member of the Military Intelligence Hall of Fame. As he should be. Well-deserved, Al. He's, I mean, he. this is me. It's not a fact. He's probably like the first inductee, right? Yes. Like Al is number one in the national. Oh, actually, I would say Agent 355 better be in there. Well, you know, Al, we can't have it both ways. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the agency itself, Pinkerton Detective Agency. So the agency performs services ranging from security guarding to private military contracts, and then weirdly got kind of involved with labor unions, which I'll talk a little bit more about. Mm -hmm. But a super fun fact is the agency hired women and minorities, which was very rare at the time, to be spies. Yeah, because no one was suspecting them. We've already learned this in 355. We learned this. We learned this, yeah. So like I mentioned, the agency was often hired to infiltrate unions and to keep strikers and suspected unionists out of factories. Mm. So they kind of unfortunately got this reputation of being like anti-union and anti-like labor things. But Al himself was very involved with pro-labor stuff. So it was, I guess they were just jobs is kind of my takeaway from what I've read. They were hired to do a job and they went in and did the job whether or not they necessarily agreed with it or not. So some interesting work that the Pinkerton agency was hired to do was the new Department of Justice formed a sub-organization devoted to the detection and prosecution of those guilty of violating federal law. But the amount of money that Congress had appropriated for the organization was not enough, so they just contracted the services out to Pinkerton. Interesting. Yeah, they're like, well, we don't have enough money, so you guys do it. Right. Yeah. However, though... In 1893, a law was passed that individuals who are employed by Pinkerton Detective Agency or similar organizations may not be employed by the U.S. government. So after a while, the government said, no, we got to do our own stuff. So they made a law for it. Yes. A law was passed. Interesting. A Pinkerton agent named James McFarland infiltrated the Molly Maguires. We talked about that in Secret Society Part 2. Fun fact... The whole events with James McFarlane and the Molly Maguires, this inspired Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes novel, The Valley of Fear. Mm. During the Homestead Strike in 1892, 300 Pinkerton detectives from New York and Chicago were called in by Carnegie Steel to protect the Pittsburgh area mill. Wow. Like I previously mentioned, Pinkerton agents tracked outlaws like Jesse James. They also tracked the Reno Gang and the Wild Bunch. And apparently Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were part of the Wild Bunch, which I did not know. I thought that was just a movie. Did not realize they were real people. Add to the list. Add to the list. And the Pinkerton Pinkertons, which with the agents were called Pinkertons. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so the Pinkertons were often hired for transporting money and other high-quality merchandise between cities and towns, for which they were paid very well, and they were very well armed. That was a note in the article. Very well armed. Well, because what's so funny, like when we started this, right, you had said, I was surprised at how much PIs do. But even think about it, like they're transporters, they're moving goods, they're tracking down criminals, and then they're like, you know, protecting mills and stuff. Yeah, so it also made me think of, especially the tracking down the outlaws, made me think of like bounty hunters, which now in modern time is a very separate occupation to have. Now in modern day, the company focuses on threat intelligence, 
risk management, executive protection, and active shooter response. Wow. In 1999, it was bought by Securitas AB, which is a Swedish company, mm-hmm. along with the William J. Burns Detective Agency, which was a rival of the Pinkerton Detective Agency, to create a Securitas division in the U.S. Today, Amy, you're going to die when I tell you this. Today, the company's headquarters are in, are you ready? ready. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Shut your face. Right? That's so fun. Yeah. Who knew? I want to end with a really fun fact, and I think it'll be fun for you too, not just fun for me. I love when it's a fun fact we can share in and not one that involves like bones. Does it involve bones? No. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe, but not directly. Okay. But lay it on me. Okay. So I want to talk about Detective Kate Warren. Yes, Kate. Get it. She is the first known female detective in 1856, and she worked for the Pinkerton Detective Agency. The account from Pinkerton Company Records is, Warren walked into the Pinkerton Detective Agency in response to an advertisement in a local newspaper. When she walked into Pinkerton's office, Al was surprised to learn Kate was not looking for clerical work, but was actually answering an advertisement for detectives he had placed in the Chicago newspaper. At the time, such a concept was almost unheard of. Pinkerton said, It's not the custom to employ women detectives. Kate argued her point very eloquently, pointing out that women can be, and this is a quote, most useful in worming out secrets in many places, which would be impossible for a male detective. A woman would be able to befriend the wives and girlfriends of suspected criminals and gain their confidence. Men become braggarts. Braggarts? Braggarts. Yep, that's a word. That's a weird word. Mm -hmm. When they are around women who encourage them to boast. Kate also noted, women have an eye for detail and are excellent observers. Warren's arguments swayed Pinkerton, who employed Warren as the first female detective. Yes, get it, Kate. Honestly, I love the logic, and she's 100% right. Those braggarts. Stupid braggarts. (laughs) How dare they? But she's 100% right. And honestly, in the time, if you think about it, that would have been pretty limiting because... Men and women were not fraternizing as they do these days. Yeah, I just like it. She There's also, it was really funny, part of the corporate records, and I didn't put those in my notes, but like Al's just like physical description of her. Okay. And he was very like nice. It wasn't gross. But you know, she's tall, slender, brown hair, not handsome, which, you know, handsome, beautiful. Yes. Everybody was handsome, but spoke on her intelligence and her confidence. She sounds like she had a presence about her. Get it, Kate. Her and 355, best friends. Yeah, except, yeah. All right, Amy. Well, there you go. That's hopefully everything you could want to know about private investigators and specifically Alan Pinkerton. Do with that what you will. My curiosities have definitely been answered. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our website, our Instagram, and our Facebook, and you can find us there. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 